Welcome back to this week's episode of More Than Running with Dana Giordano. Our guest this week is Nini Meyer. Nini is the founder and CEO of Positive Tracks, an organization which engages youth socially and physically to sweat for good. I was connected with Positive Tracks while at Dartmouth during a summer internship back in 2014. Things have changed a lot since my time working with the organization, and I'm proud to share on this podcast how Nini and her powerful team have evolved to support the changemakers of the future. To date, they've helped 73,000 positive trackers turn almost 400,000 miles of athletic activity into advocacy, activism, and $11.1 million for causes shaping our future. The core of this podcast is running, but it is essential to understand how running and movement can create so much good in our lives and the lives of others. Organizations like Positive Tracks almost seem too good to be true, but are an available resource for anyone who wants to sweat for good. I'll include direct information about Positive Tracks in the show notes if you know anyone who can benefit from the resource that Positive Tracks provides. And with that, welcome to my friend, Nini Meyer. Nini, welcome. Thank you, Dana. I'm so excited to be joining you. Um, Very cool. And I think your podcast is amazing. Uh, Congratulations on that. Um, And I'll give you my my little elevator pitch about who I am. Um, I'm, let's see, uh, I'm 50 plus. So um, on the older side, uh, definitely a runner. Um, I, I, uh, am not a fast runner. So most of my running has been marathoning and ultra running, um, in a, in a straight line where skills and balance isn't required. Um, and I'm also, uh, the founder and CEO of an organization called positive tracks that, uh, helps, um, young adults, um, change the world using the power of physical activity and athletics. Um, We do happen to have a a lot of runners in our midst, but we also um, have, you know, people who don't necessarily identify as hardcore athletes. Yeah, and that is kind of the core of how we got introduced. So my sophomore summer, I was volunteering at the Children's Hospital of Dartmouth Community Relations Office working on the Chad Half Marathon. And that was the first time that I heard about this partnership with Positive Tracks. And when I first heard about what you guys did, it almost sounded too good to be true, what the organization does. And I guess the best way to boil it down very simply is Positive Tracks encourages young people to become philanthropic from a young age by supporting their fundraising efforts by moving. So doing fundraising campaigns through sport and then has a charitable monetary match to that. So could you explain to us what, in your words, Positive Tracks is when someone asks, well, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I that the fundraising is, is an important part of it. Probably the heart and soul of what we do is – Um, we help young people who are interested in social change and activism, um, use the, the power of sport to, um, you know, gather their community, to educate their community, um, and to mobilize their community, um, all by organizing or participating in athletic events. So, 
let, let me tell you a little bit, you know, what that looks like on the ground and how it works. And I think that's helpful. But um, young people age 12 to 25, um, a lot of college students, um, that's kind of our sweet spot. Um, they apply to positive tracks and they let us know, they click on a on a little page of our website and let us know what they're thinking about doing, um, what their cause is, whether it's, you know, racism, whether it's to raise money for a disease, um, whether it's climate change. Um, and they also signal what sport they might like to use as a mobilization tool. Um, and then we connect with them um, and we help them uh, wrap their minds around what it would take to organize that event in their community. Um, sometimes it's, you know, someone will want to hike the Appalachian Trail um, to raise awareness about a cause. Sometimes people will want to have 10 friends to their backyard and do a, you know, a burpee challenge. Sometimes, um, for example, Dartmouth students every year on Memorial Day um, pull 700 students together to do a one-hour fitness um, challenge that uh, is more looks like you know kind of a, a hit workout all together uh, to raise you know money and awareness uh, about a cause and so it it can look completely differently depending on on what the young person's vision is. Um, but we really help them figure out, okay, once I get all these people on a field or through COVID, you know, together doing one thing on one day, what is my goal? How am I going to pull together education so that people can actually learn something um, and figure out, you know, what are the action steps I can take about this cause? Um, and, you know, if they do want to fundraise, we provide the platform and the match for that. Um, and basically, we help them complete their vision from start to finish um, until they, you know, take action. When you were first thinking of what Positive Tracks was, however many years later now, would you have ever imagined it looks like it does today? You know, I, I don't I don't think so. We started it it's a great question, Dana. We started out partnering with, you know, large institutions that had their own athletic events already and we helped like for example a hospital. We would help them get young people involved. And then the more we heard <laughs> about Generation Z and heard from Generation Z, we realized that young people didn't want to be a cog in, in the wheel. They actually wanted, number one, they knew how to mobilize their friends better because they were so savvy with technology and all the social platforms that are out there. Um, so we fast pivoted after a couple years into um, meeting people really on their own turf and terms and letting them organize their own thing rather than plugging into an existing athletic event. Um, and, you know, I realized that if, if you're going to help um, young people make change, there's a transformation that happens sort of internally for them. And for that to be powerful, they really need to believe in what they're building. And so the more control they have over it, um, the more powerful that experience is going to be for them. So we sort of evolved 
our model really changed over the years as we listened to this incredible generation. Um, and, you know, the one thing I've learned is that this generation is just amazingly um, tuned in uh, to what works and how the world needs to change because they're going to inherit all of this awful stuff that's that's happening. Um, and so all the better to let them actually control it. And we, you know, can stand alongside them or behind them and help resource and equip them. But more often we're learning from them much more than, than, you know, they're learning from us. Well, I am sadly not a Gen Z. I found out I'm a millennial. Um, <laughs> You're right on the cusp. I identify with Gen Z, uh, definitely more so than the millennials. But you were definitely the first person and it was Positive Tracks organization, one of the events you guys hosted in Boston many years back to talk about Gen Z and kind of this future. It almost was like future forecasting, like you knew about the power of this generation before they were even old enough to know it themselves. And I remember something very clearly from this talk in Boston. I think it was in the seaport. And one of the things mentioned was very in tune with social causes and that most Gen Z people, young people, have a social cause that's important to them and think about it all the time in a way that previous generations haven't. Is that something that you've seen be consistent? And did you feel like you knew something about Gen Z before everyone else? You know, I I, I feel like it's, you know, my own kid, I, I'm a mom and I have two kids who have been, I'm so lucky to have them um, involved with Positive Tracks. So that helped. And I want to be careful and just sort of name that, you know, of course, both you and I are umbrellaing. We're putting this statement out about Gen Z, like it's one person and not everyone fits into this, um, you know, stereotype. So I want to be really careful and name that, um, Gen Z, if anything, they don't like to be put in a box and it's not fair to put them in a box. But in general, when you look at the, the data out there that, you know, they, they in, in general, they, they, they report that it's important to sort of claim who they are by connecting to something bigger than themselves. I mean, they find meaning you know, again, umbrella statement through shaping the world. And when I was growing up, I just did not have this worldly view. And I think when you look at um, the power of technology and what growing up with technology in your DNA can do and having a phone right there that instantly reports everything that's happening, um, it's no surprise that they're incredibly socially aware and more more inclusive and more connected and, you know, possess this unique reach and, and, and these unique skills and this outlet that really enables them to have significant impact on social change. And I do feel like I was trying to, you know, convince people um, that this generation was incredible, but I was seeing it right at home with my own kids and, you know, they wanted to be involved and a lot of their friends did. And so I guess I saw it in my community. And then 
as young people reached out to me and really actively sought Positive Tracks out and it grew into a national and even an international thing, I couldn't help but believe that this generation is just incredible. And now I feel like the news everywhere is popping up. I mean, Amanda Gorman's, you know, incredible. I was going to bring her up. I was literally going to bring her up. (laughs) Right. And, and there are, you know, Greta, there are the, these activists out there in the world that are just literally denting the universe when they're 20, you know, 22, Amanda is 22. And I think, whoa. Um, and, and I do think that technology has something to do with that. And the need is right there. And, and the really big issues are right there in front of their faces and, and they can mobilize, they can, you know, when I look at the number of Instagram followers and the, you know, the way my, my own children use um, Snapchat to instantly connect with each other, they can make change happen. They know how in a way that my generation just will never even touch. Um, and then it, it's also really important to talk about also adding the power of sport to all of mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the secret sauce that sport brings in. The tagline for Positive Tracks on that note is sweat for good. And yeah. sport is the core of what you do. And I think as athletes, we all know, and we have, not that we know, we have a feeling that moving feels good. It makes you feel alive. Sweating just brings you back to who you are. And by partnering philanthropy or activism and everything with sweat, I think it's it's just a way of talking about it that not a lot of other organizations do is pairing the two together. I mean, I guess that's not true. It's You guys work with most organizations that are philanthropy and athletics together, but you're kind of bringing all these diverse experiences to the same place. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I think when you, again, I think philanthropy is a word that not everyone can access. And so I... I like to think of it more as activism, although there is definitely often, you know, a fundraising component. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at the way that sport is being used around the world and has been for several decades, um, you know, I'll quote Nelson Mandela when, you know, he had a very famous speech and he's, um, it's, come out, you know, a bunch of times, but he says that, you know, sport has the, the power to change the world. It, it unites people in a way that really little else does, you know, and, and it speaks to young people in particular in, in a language they understand, you know, they can, it can create hope where there was once only despair, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think if you look at, again, what happened with um, nationally here after uh, the murder of George Floyd, what, you know, the NBA, what happened nationally across sports teams and how they really used um, sport as a platform to make a, a statement about um, problems that needed to be addressed that have been, you know, ongoing for hundreds of years they used the power of 
um, you know, the respect that, that they get. Um, and all those people mobilized in one place, in one stadium, you know, what an incredibly powerful platform and, and, you know, their social power there. And so they're really shining a light on reform that needs to happen. And, um, you know, that's just an incredible educational tool. And it, and also, you know, you've, you've run marathons before, so I know, you know what I'm talking about. I've actually never run a marathon. (laughs) That's how you know you're really, really fast. Um, not, not, that marathon, not that there aren't incredibly fast marathoners, of course, um, but One day, you know, maybe. I can remember the first time I ran New York City Marathon, which is my favorite marathon. And Dana, I, I just like I had tears running down my face and I almost had to stop because I was I couldn't breathe. I was so moved because you've got thousands of people and everyone's wearing a different T-shirt for a different cause. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it, because again, I'm at the back, all the fast competitive runners are at the front. And you just realize you've got this mass of humanity and they're all together on one day in one place, struggling, hurting, like experiencing hardship, you know, that they have brought on themselves because they all believe in something. And so, you know, there's something about the grit and the struggle um, that is such a unifier and such a powerful, cool thing. I call it, you know, sweat 2.0. There's the kind of sweat that you can do personally to, you know, get stronger, get faster. And when you pair that with actually doing something for other people and progressing the world and, you know, it's such a gift to yourself even more than the world, because it just feels good. And um, it's just, you know, a really powerful thing to experience alongside other humans. Definitely. I like that you're cutting philanthropy as a word and changing it to action. And I think that that kind of barrier that you're talking about is that you're right. Philanthropy does feel like it has a barrier to it versus this movement, this action feels more accessible for more people. Yeah, I bet when you were involved with us, that was at, you know, again, in our earliest days. And it was it it was really that shift was really about um, trying to make positive tracks more inclusive, trying to make sure because, by the way, what I didn't mention, everything we do is free. Um, and And so what we really want is for positive tracks for young people from all different histories and and backgrounds and physical ability to see themselves, you know, in it, to understand that there's a place for them there. And, you know, really to see um, every young person and to really listen to and to hear the voice of uh, as wide a spectrum as young people as we possibly can is what's most important. And so my journey with that really involved going out and talking to as many young people that I possibly could. And I fast realized that people were like, you know, young people, especially were like philanthropy. What the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we fast shifted to activism. And I think there was something so you know, we, we always say choose action. If you want to, 
if you want to take social change and have it be very hands-on and, um, you know, and something that, that feels good to invite your community and peers into, you know, it, 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 it's an easy thing to invite, you know, a friend to go and play soccer with you or a friend to go take a walk with you. It's a little bit less easy to say, okay, come and talk about, you know, something that's really uncomfortable, frankly, to talk about um, for a lot of people, you know, let, let's, you know, take racism as a really good example. That's a, it's a, it's a hard and really important conversation, sometimes uncomfortable. It's sometimes easier to talk about that on a soccer field than it is, you know, in a classroom. And so, um, again, it just provides a, a unique pathway in um, to some really important and, and difficult conversations. Difficult conversation. It's a very difficult time right now. How have you guys pivoted to the virtual world during COVID-19? Because a lot of what you do is very events-based, kids getting their friends together, organizing 3v3 soccer tournaments, just being within the community. I think the way you describe the marathon is just that feeling that I'm missing so deeply right now. How have you guys been translating your work to the virtual world? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking that question. I mean, fortunately, we were using Zoom um, long, long before COVID hit uh, because part of what our program entails is one-on-one coaching. Um, because again, we really want to understand the, the young person's vision and then figure out how we can troubleshoot to you know, help them get there. Um, and so it does involve, you know, a relationship between young people and positive tracks. And so because we're national, we were already using, um, you know, everything from text to Zoom to lots of different digital tools to help us connect with young people. Um, so fortunately, we already had Zoom up and we had already done a couple virtual events because young people, you know, had told us, they were like, all right, I don't want to do this just in my community. I actually want to do a national thing. Um, You know, for example, we had a couple Greek houses that wanted to involve other Greek houses across the country. So they were like, okay, how do we do this all together on one day, um, but across the country? And so we're like, you know what? let's help you create a virtual thing. We'll do it all together. People will do it on wherever they're located and let's see what happens and see if we lose the power of actually be, you know, sweating side to side right next to each other. So we had already done a couple and we realized, you know, very early on in the, in the COVID that we, our entire program could just pivot to being a hundred percent virtual, including our, coaching. And so basically what happened was um, the events that young people were organizing sometimes were, um, you know, had to be held in dorm rooms because people couldn't go outside. They didn't have access to the field anymore or to, you know, even to sidewalks or to roads um, if it was a running event. And so people rather than, you know, running with a hundred people, they would 
run on their own. We've done a bunch of national 5Ks this year for hunger relief, um, you know, for COVID uh, related, um, uh, you know, supports. And um, we've had people from all over the country, you know, run everything from a marathon to a 5K in one day. And they actually can hike it, they can roll it in a power chair, they can um, walk it, or they can run it really, really fast, depending on what they want to do, you know, they can skate it, whatever. And it's been phenomenally successful. And the way that they're connecting now is really over social media. The first time we did it, it literally broke our Instagram because so many people were sharing stories and we were trying to share their stories and we didn't realize there was actually a limit on what you can do in Instagram. Oh, I didn't know there was a limit. That's yeah, amazing. Well, we didn't either, but we had thousands of people join. And so what it did was really expand our barriers, our, our sort of, sorry, our boundaries. And young people suddenly realized, wow, I thought like that 80 people were going to come to my event because I thought it was going to be in one place. But now that it's, that I could just put it out virtually, like all my cousins joined from California. Like I had, it, it became way more diverse and way more inclusive because people didn't have to show up on site to one site. Um, so it was actually a wonderful thing for us. Um, I do think that there's so much power in being like together on one road or one field. And like, there's nothing like heart to heart, eye to eye, face to face, ear to ear, human connection. So it can't replace that, but in some ways it was really cool because there's also nothing like building a national social movement in one day through a 5K that you organize yourself and you're 14, you know? I mean, like that's incredibly powerful. So um, we were able to get through it and our, the team at Positive Tracks is just phenomenal and really innovative and, you know, they were just brilliant and made it work. Um, and young people just showed up. And to me, it was so cool because it really validated that, oh yeah, we actually are providing a lot of value because they're still showing up even when they're not in school, even when, and, you know, we were built for times of crisis and both through COVID and uh, the racial uprising that we saw Certainly times of crisis where people were looking for platforms, they were looking to have a voice, they were looking to make social change, um, and they turned to us. So that was pretty phenomenal. I remember a point this summer, I believe I texted Liz Gray, and shout out to Liz. Our incredible program director. And I, it was during the... Dartmouth Ski Team was doing a virtual event where you could log via Strava how many miles you you moved basically for, mm. um, you know, awareness of racism and skiing being a very non-diverse sport. I think it was – I texted her and I said, wow, this is really exactly what you guys were designed to do. It's completely blew my mind how – far and wide they were able to spread the event just through social media and with alumni and current students and I was I was just blown away that 
you know, the resources, you know, got so far. It was, I don't know, could you speak to that event a little bit? Yeah, it was amazing. It it, it actually, um, it happened at Dartmouth. Um, you're a, you're a, a alum of, um, and, and it's, our home office is uh, based very close to that campus, right in Hanover. And um, the, you know, there's a huge educational component of positive tracks. So the athletic event sort of builds a container again for difficult and important conversations to happen. And so the Dartmouth ski team really recognized and um, especially the Greek houses that were, that, you know, have ski team leaders on them really recognized that we need to do better. And part of doing better starts with education and how are we going to bring people to the table um, in a way that they actually want to participate in this? Um, and um, and so the, the ski teams, both men and women, but particularly the women really did this phenomenal job and so much research. It was incredible. They did 20 days of education and movement because it was 2020. And so every day they put out, you would join it and anyone could join it, whether you were Dartmouth or not. I actually participated and it was wonderful, um, very enlightening and really powerful. Um, the speakers they brought in were phenomenal, but they put out these challenges every day. And, you know, again, they were both physical and a huge educational component. And then also just sort of these unifying um, conversations and, by the end of the, the 20 days, I just thought it was incredible how many of the Greek houses they did engage in that conversation and in that education. And this was all student driven, which I think is so important. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a Dartmouth, it happened at Dartmouth, but it was Dartmouth students, not Dartmouth staff who led it. And I, I think that's just so important. Again, when you go back to social change and when it really works. It's, you know, social change is, is most effective when it's grassroots so that um, people see themselves as leaders and important voices um, and powerful, uh, you know, everyday people see themselves that way. And the fact that it came up from the students was just amazing. And again, they, they, uh, it was so impressive what they came up with for, for resources. And actually that library now, they now share that with positive tracks. They shared it with other colleges who are, who are using their model. Um, that's the neat thing. It was such a good idea. And that idea was, you know, adapted and uh, by other colleges and, um, you know, people, learn from each other and share ideas and uh, across the country and positive tracks is lucky enough to help sort of connect these brilliant young people and, and be a bridge of sorts. So if you're a young person listening to this podcast or a parent of a young person or just anyone who's interested, how would you recommend someone who wants to start an event of their own with you guys? Yeah, I, I thanks for asking that because then I can let people know because again, everything we do is free and you do get, you know, coaching, you, you get a t-shirt, um, you get- It almost um, sounds too good to be true, cool. so I got to hear it from you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And so it, if you go to uh, positivetracks.org, positivetracks.org, or to um, at PauseTracks, um, you know, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, on social platforms as well. But if you Google Positive Tracks, that will lead you to all of those places. And there is a start now button that you hit on our homepage. It's also in our Instagram um, link tree. Um, you literally, you don't have to know any answers. You don't have to ever have done anything like this before. You can be at the very beginning of your journey with activism. You do not have to be um, a, an athlete at all, um, as long as you're willing to um, move somehow. Um, and, you know, we, we are very open to all ability um you know, levels and um, adaptive sports as well. So, but you have to hit that button and then we put you through, you know, a short survey to learn a little bit about you and then we connect with you. Um, so we would love to hear from you. And even if you just have ideas or thoughts that you want to share, um, you know, we love, we love to hear from people. This is really about community building and, you know, um, it's a very hopeful, fun um, effort, and we're just about, you know, making the world better in a really fun, energized way. So be in touch. Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely include all of that in the show notes. I think sometimes people get caught up that they're like, they're like, what's the catch? Why? And yeah. that, that's definitely the question I want to ask you. You are one of the most energetic people I've ever met in my life. And and just, you know, it's very honest what you're doing and very pure of wanting to give back and do better for the world. I think sometimes people think, for what reason? And I just want to know your why, like what gets you going? You know, I I feel like it's so you know, it's not nearly as pure as that. I feel like it's, uh, the reasons are so selfish, actually. (laughs) It it feels so good um, to be a part of this and to be, it's so hopeful, especially after, you know, what the world has has been through. Um, You know, again, for hundreds of years, some of these challenges we're currently facing this is not new. The racial uprising is a perfect example. This is an ongoing, um, you know, struggle that's been happening for hundreds of years. And to be able to actively do something about that in a way that um, you can meet incredible people and um, that that you can do something that you know feels good physically as well. I mean, I'm I'm a huge believer in what physical activity has done for me, especially in distance running. There's something about not quite knowing if you can and then achieving a goal and, you know, going through something really hard and achieving something with other people is just um, incredibly, incredibly rewarding, like struggling with other people and doing something good with other people just is a wonderful, wonderful gift. And so I just feel grateful every day that I get to be a part of that. And I'm, I'm just like following in the wake of the incredible team at Positive Tracks and the 
amazing and thousands of young people um, and adults too, who are also supporting those young people. Like I'm following in all their wake and just hanging on for dear life and loving every minute of it. Well, I think the world could definitely use some more of that type of selfishness these days. Yeah. <laughs> so the last couple question, I mean, this is really the big one for me, but I'm going to give you a little time to to think about it is you guys have been going, you've evolved, you've changed, you've shifted what you're doing at Positive Track since 2009, I believe. I could be wrong there, but is there a moment that stands out to you that you can point to and say, this is it. This is what I want to be doing and I don't want to stop. Yeah, I think um, there are, I mean, I can tell you without question because it's what I think about when I wake up in the morning. But, um, you know, I get, I get, you can hear my voice right now. I get really choked up uh, about this, but it is, it is, I, there's, it's not one moment because there have been so many incredible young people, but it is the moment when I can hear it in a young person's voice or see it in their eyes when suddenly they recognize the power that they have. And all of a sudden they see themselves through this lens that is like, all right, maybe I'm 16 or 18 or 21, but look what I just did. You know, so it's like, it's like that moment when all the angst of their event, because it's ongoing, it's not a one-off thing where they do an event and then it's done. Like Usually once they do something like that, it really changes the way they see themselves and, you know, they want to do it again and they, they want to share it with their friends and they're like, you got to try this. Like it was so scary and it was hard, but this feels so good on the other side. And so I guess it would be that moment that I recognize over and over again that keep it, it's what I think about sometimes as I'm falling asleep and as I wake up in the morning that is so contagious. It's so inspiring. Cause I'm like, you know, it, it, it moves into my heart then. And it's like, wow. I mean, the, the respect and the admiration that I give someone that young, especially cause I just wasn't like that when I was young. Like I didn't, I, I was so much more worried about my own stuff. And so, you know, in my own head, rather than thinking about changing the world, you know, and, and I guess it's, it's that when that awareness that a young person has that I really can make a difference and I do make a difference and I just did it. It's that moment that, that keeps me doing it. And that just absolutely fuels me. And it's why I have no problem encouraging people to get involved. And I'm like, you got to try this. Like you've got to sweat for good. It is awesome. Um, and I encourage adults too. I'm like, cause some of our events right now that the national ones that, um, we host four from positive tracks only for a year. And we did 575 events last year. Almost all of them were hosted by young people, but four positive tracks hosted. And mostly because 
you know, we wanted adults to try it and we wanted to really more people to learn about us. And when, when adults participated in, in our events, they were like, this is so incredible. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's just, it's, it's powerful stuff. So get involved, check it out. Get involved. I'm here for that. (laughs) And thank you, Dana, for giving me the platform to form to, you know, tell more people about it and to um, really brag a little bit about what the, you know, thousands of, cause we're, we've, we've had a, a, around 80,000 experiences now that we've been a part of, and we're really, really proud of that. And we're shooting for a million by 2030. Um, and, um, you know, they've also raised incredible money and, and awareness um, in the 10 years that we've been doing what we've we've been doing. It definitely takes on a new meaning for me working with you guys in the summer of 2014 to now being 2021 and in 2014 being that young person who, you know, I, I can relate exactly what you're saying, those butterflies in your stomach of, is anyone going to come to my event? Are they going to care? Right. I care so much. And wow. I remember just and it's not big things too. It's like very little things, you know, setting up an obstacle course at the Chad have that I did. And I just yeah. remember that mattered so much. And it was important to me to gain confidence and care. And it led me to, you know, doing this um, fundraising campaign for the 10th year of my personal surgery with Boston Children's Hospital. So I think it does instill this confidence in you that you can do anything because you have the support of people who have done it before. And I think that that's a very special thing that you guys have instilled in me over the years. And I just, this podcast for me is a platform to share voices. I know you guys have had so many people in your events, but it should be a million, million more. I'm going to help you get to that million. Oh, Dana, you, you know, from the start, you've been, I can remember the first day you walked into our office, actually. Um, I mean, we were so grateful for the leadership role that you took and, you know, everything we do is informed by and, and built by young people, because otherwise, like if it's, if we're building it for young people, it has to be something that young people are really going to find meaning in and want to use. So young people inform everything we do. We're constantly seeking advice and guidance. Um, and you were just so formative for us. So I, I, you know, I'm so grateful. It's really, really cool actually to, you know, check back in with you. And, um, you know, we've, it, you, you were, you're an incredibly, um, powerful fundraiser and, and what you did for Boston children's was extraordinary what you've done. And, you know, that's just really cool. I mean, when you add up, I think the last time I looked at our, we track what young people fundraise and positive tracks young people have raised $11 million for, you know, hundreds of different causes in, you know, a little under 10 years. And you've been one of those um, uh, at the forefront. So, you know, kudos to you and you are an exceptional woman and athlete. And I feel so privileged to know you and have us in our sweatmosphere. 
I can't wait till we can go on a run or something when this is all over. Thank you so much, Nini, for being on the pod. And we will hear for you and, you know, give all the positive track updates to the more than running world so soon. Oh, thank you, Dana. I can't wait to see you one day soon. And healthy vibes. Take good care coming at you. You can contact me with any feedback, suggestions for guests, or just to connect and say hi at Dana underscore G-I-O on Instagram at Dana Geo. I love hearing from listeners and receive some great guidance on guests and what you want to get out of the show in the future. If you like the show, it's always greatly appreciated if you leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps some new people discover the show if it ends up on the top charts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time with another story about how she is more than running. I only want a few close friends. The rest just pretend. Alternate people kissing in the stairwell. I want this day to end. Text my mama so I don't lose hope. I didn't learn anything I didn't know Always yelling, get off your phone